0: All right, See, we're recording this January 16th. It is still very, very early in the year. It is. But I have to say that I think that last week, upon receiving some very bad news, yeah. my wife might have delivered the dunk of the year already because I really Uh-oh. don't see us getting past this. Okay. And this is honestly so stone cold. This, this might need to be edited out. I don't even know because it's just fucking chilling. But I'm just, you know, I'm just passing on what she said. All right. Because it did ready. cut like a knife. So last week we got the very unfortunate news, of course, about our man Dr. Dre, right? Dr. Yes. Dre's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling through some social media and I was just like, oh my God, holy shit. I was like, Dr. Dre is in the hospital and he's had a brain aneurysm. Hmm. And without any, any hesitation or anything like that, Kate immediately says, oh, my God, do you think he's going to forget about Dre?
1: <laughs>
0: That's dunk of the decade.
1: Oh, Dre. I can't wait, though, for him to come back with a disrap on Kate.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's going to yeah. be cold. This is going to be, be awesome. This is
1: going to be like East Coast versus West Coast, so... She's heating up the rivalry, I see.
0: (laughs) Bringing it back. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the greatest horror movie review podcast that money can't buy because it's free. You ain't buying this. You can't buy me. Nope. Unless you, you know, spend $5 on the Patreon,
1: then you can kind of buy, sort of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. We
0: are (laughs) purchasable in some ways. Yes.
1: In increments. Yes.
0: It's dead and lovely, here with the hostess the most, it's me, your boy, Uncle Ben.
1: It's me, your other boy,
0: Hollywood Steve. Oh, man. And I'll tell you what, man, what a week it's been. <laughs> what a week it has been, Steve. It's been <laughs> one uh, hell of a fucking week. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, there was an attempted coup
1: on the United States. Yeah. Um, yeah, instigated by Donald Trump and several other GOP um, politicians who apparently some led tours in the days leading up to the coup of the capitol building showing some of those people around
0: that's great uh-huh. news
1: yeah it's really
0: not good news steve like the entire thing that i've been going to all week is like i'm really having a hard time articulating my thoughts on what's going on here because mm-hmm. it is seriously like trying to explain to people like well the sky is blue and right. what goes up must come down and this was very bad (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i really am having a hard time even putting together words because it's just like how could you not see that this is bad (laughs) Uh,
1: watching watching the like mental twisting that has gone on with like actually it's antifa totally antifa who's doing it and watching all these people who thought they were patriots see people calling them antifa and disavowing them immediately (laughs) when they did the thing that they were all planning for months leading up to the event yeah like we have all of your fucking tweets and shit about it we've seen them You dumb fucks. (laughs) You're not twisting anything.
0: We know what you did. There you go. That's the bottom line because Stone Cold Steve says so. It's it's nuts. And it really is one of those things that is wild to think that yeah, you know, the last time that we recorded, the thing that we were like kind of up in arms about is like, Mitch McConnell wants to send out $600 checks. What a mm-hmm. dick. <laughs> it's what like, little dick. did we know, a week later, <laughs> mm-hmm. a real life attempted coup was going to be happening on the Capitol building.
1: Yeah, it was Holy a wild smokes. week, man. Wild week. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, a couple of days after that, my uh, grandfather in law passed. Woo. Great man. Very smart man. Yeah, I always loved being around him. He was a charming, funny guy. Um, You know, it's sucks. a shame. It wasn't a surprise, but it is a shame because yeah. it always sucks to lose a good person.
0: It's been a hell of a week overall, man. It really, really has been. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I'll tell you this too, man. Like, I realize how fortunate of a position um you and i are in that you know we we don't have to go work on the front lines or yeah um be greatly exposed my wife does sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah I mean, luckily she I has been call.
1: vaccinated she's received both of her vaccine shots and it's uh i think it's like two weeks after you receive your second one is when they say that you're you're fully in the clear so she's almost in the clear which like alleviates 70 percent of my anxiety for five minutes at a time
0: Yay! So yeah. we'll call it good news. We'll call that good news. Good
1: news, yeah.
0: Yep. I'm glad that uh, that you and I are safe and sound, and I hope that our listeners are yeah. as well during this Stay safe, as safe. trying as you can. time, these trying mm-hmm. times. Very trying. Lord of mercy, dude. But, you know, I've had a little bit of time this week to take in some pelliculas and have a good time of my own here and there. And uh if you just want to get right to the movie review, by the way, there's a timestamp oh, yeah. for that. There's a timestamp for that in the podcast description. Lord, I swear, like, every now and then we get reviews from people that are like, They talk before the movie so long, blah blah blah. It's like, We tell you there's a timestamp. There's one on every episode.
1: It Listen, I've done this rant before, and I'll do it again right now. I just don't understand what you're looking for in a podcast. <laughs> what is it you want? You want us to tell you what the movie's about and say what we thought about it in the end? A podcast is not just that. A podcast yeah. is about the personalities behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. These bubbly,
0: glowing personalities.
1: I'm sure there are podcasts out there that provide that we're just not offering that that is not on offer so if your review is they didn't offer me the thing i wanted that's kind of on you dummy <laughs> we can like get you don't go to the store and buy a mounds wanting a snickers and then go fucking mounds doesn't taste like snickers
0: <laughs> and we do offer 100 money back guarantees on the podcast mm-hmm. so there's yeah, you also can eat that
1: shit on the way out <laughs> Jesus. Coming in hot.
0: <laughs> Holy sorry. moly. I'm a little hot today. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in way hot. Steve, what you been watching this week, man? Anything good?
1: Yes. Something very, very, very good. The Boys. Ooh, the Boys. I've heard yep. that's the awesome. Boys. It's so good, man. I love it so much. And super excited for whatever happens in season three.
0: Hmm, that's like a superhero show, but they're not like name brand superheroes. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. So it's kind of. I mean, it, it, it was a. I think a maybe a Vertigo or a Dark Horse comic. I don't remember, but um, it's uh it kind of Justice League, uh esque, but like you know you you got characters similar to say Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, um, but it, it's a world where these superheroes exist um, and they are uh, a part of a corporation. Hmm, so okay. like, it's it's a lot about branding and likability and things like that way more than like actually fighting crime, which it's a great, awesome, wonderful satire of both Marvel and DC Comics and uh, the MCU and and just the the concept of a Superman, basically, like what that means to the world and mm. to everyone around him. It's it's pretty like like deep in in that sense of like getting into comics. So if you're into comics, you're gonna get so much out of it, just so many things that you'll recognize as sort of like you know satire or homage to to beloved comic characters and things but also politically deep like uh, especially the second season
0: damn man i just think it's incredible that they're they're doing the impossible um and you know creating something out of heroes that haven't been flogged since the 1930s right yeah it's yeah, impossible
1: this is- yeah, this is a comic series that started in two thousand six. So no, yeah, you can't entertain people with new, new things, fun and entertaining without. Yeah, without history, that people are going to get so pissed about everything changing because it is. Uh, there's some significant differences from the books. So, but uh, man, check it out. It's on Amazon.
0: Nice, well man. well worth the
1: walk.
0: Uh, Show wise, I've been watching through The Sopranos again. We kind of took a break through the holidays. Oh yeah, I'm back on that shit and. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> that famous Sopranos line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're almost done with the uh, fifth season, which means that we're coming up on the last season. And I remember people saying like, oh, yeah, the last you know season or two is no good. I've really enjoyed it. There's been some insane stuff that's happened. I think so. Some pe- I don't know.
1: I, I've heard people say they didn't like the the finale, but ah, it's weird to not like the final season at all.
0: I don't know, man. It's been awesome, so I've been enjoying that. What else you been on?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, just leading up to this, I watched several movies related to this. I watched uh, the 1931 Frankenstein and the 1935
0: Bride of Frankenstein. Ooh, I'm such a fucking hack. I've never seen either one of them, man. I'm a fucking poser.
1: Guess what? Um, Just as we speak, Universal is adding to their... They have like a horror youtube channel they've uploaded uh, a lot of the original universal oh, really? monster movies yeah so you can uh you can go watch them if you got the time
0: well that explains why you know leading up to this episode i tried to find the og frankenstein and stuff to watch yeah, and they weren't find. available anywhere yeah.
1: yeah it's 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 not streaming anywhere but now it is it's on youtube so uh go check it out
0: now, I got no fucking excuse, man. Are they good? Like, are they good watches? Yeah.
1: Yes, they are. They are good watches and they're short. You could, act, I watched them back to back, actually. Um, and it's like two hours and 20 minutes total. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're good. They're beautifully shot. It's, I mean, it's a gorgeous, a couple of gorgeous movies. The stories uh deviate from the books a bit which is good because it's you know new stuff especially Mm -hmm. the second one the second one is you know they finish the first one before they create the bride of frankenstein which is just part of the book you know that normally would have been a part of the story uh so then the second one (laughs) they had to like create a bunch of story which uh brings in the carry of dr pretorius who is the most interesting character those are worth watching for sure
0: all right, then. Maybe I'll have to scope that out on the old YouTube, as our red coat listeners say, YouTube.
1: <laughs> on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I also watched a bunch of Mel Brooks movies. Nice. Uh, because, you know, watching this was just like, yeah, I love Mel Brooks. So I wanted to, you know, because the ones I've seen the most probably are uh, this, Young Frankenstein, uh, Blazing Saddles, and Spaceballs. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, rewatch those uh, and I did, and then I was like, well, I've, I haven't have seen the producers in forever, so I watched the producers, by the way, still genius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I watched um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Love still it. funny, though a lot of dated 90s references. Extremely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also, uh, Emily and I started Dracula Dead and Loving It, but I haven't finished it yet, but... Uh, that, that's funnier than its uh, Rotten Tomatoes score would lead you to believe. So check it out if you've never watched it because it got bad reviews. I have
0: not seen it, but now I shall. It's got Leslie Nielsen. So I like that. That's, that's always always a great awesome. start.
1: What have you been watching, man?
0: Man, we've been up to a couple, two, three different things this week. One night we felt like having ourselves a laugh because. Society was kind of crumbling there for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same. (laughs) So we went looking for some good stand-up on the Netflix, and we watched Taylor Tomlinson's stand-up special called Quarter Life Crisis. She's a young lady. What's got a joke or two up her sleeve. It was actually really fucking funny, man. I would never heard of her, but the preview seemed funny. And uh, sure enough, it was a barrel of laughs. Definitely enjoy that. And then I think maybe a day or two after that, we decided we need to have the best night ever. So, of course, we got pizza from Adopo Pizza in oh, okay. uh, downtown Knoxville. We came home and we watched a little motherfucking film called Face Off.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> it was the right move. It was the right move in every possible way. <laughs> you have yourself a bottle of red wine. You have some good pizza And you watch face off with the one that you love, and you're gonna have a good time, guaranteed. That is true. That movie is insane. Fucking nutty. It is wild. Nick Cage and John Travolta
1: are both crazy in it. I mean, Nick Cage, you expect it, but John Travolta also just went goofy. Yeah.
0: And then you get to see them act as each other. As each
1: other. Yeah, that's just (laughs) genius oh That's my god just 90, like that is 90s excess uh ad at its best i think where oh, it was sure. just like action movies started leading to what we have now with like the fast and the furious movies where it's just like oh of course it's fucking ridiculous obviously this shit couldn't happen who gives a fuck it's fun yeah,
0: totally man it's kind of got my mind veering towards a lot of those other huge mega action movies that came out around that same time like uh like The Rock and Con Air and all that stuff. Great and crazy. Oh my god. Do you have a like a favorite among that group of flicks?
1: Uh The Rock's great. Yeah, the is Rock that your favorite one? Absolutely great. I would say of those three, yeah. The Rock is my favorite, though they're all a fun watch. Con Air is just insane. Oh my <laughs> what god. What in dude. the hell was happening in the nineties? Uh man. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I love it. I love that we have that, but it just is so un, like, inexplicable to me that there was a time when we just, the world was just comical. Like, yeah. We, we, everything was just ridiculous. And then 9-11 happened and then it was like, oh, we're, it's all dark and shitty now.
0: Yeah, that's true. There was kind of like this ridiculousness bubble that was just like mm-hmm. growing over the 90s where it's just like suvs are cool what if there was a ford excursion that's the size of a semi truck yeah <laughs> stuff got nuts in it the did. 90s
1: <laughs> it did man yeah it's uh, those are great though i i haven't seen uh, i haven't seen any of them in a while if
0: you're gonna like snub your nose at that stuff and act like you're above it and not have a good time while you're watching nicholas cage be like i want you to take his face i get it (laughs) i get it honestly i get
1: it if you can't get into nick cage because he like he is enigmatic like it, it is not he is not instantly likable for everybody but the people that like him love him
0: oh yeah although i will say it is looking less and less impressive as time goes by about him you know, stealing the Declaration of Independence. I actually think that'd be
1: really easy now. Yeah, probably pretty
0: simple, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's the right color to do it, at least. So, he shouldn't have any trouble. Easily get away with it, it would seem. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was a good time right there. And then we decided to kind of shift things up and change the mood a little bit. And, uh, you know, continue watching through some of those movies that we heard about in 2020 that were supposed to be so good that we never got around to. We watched I'm thinking of Ending Things, the newest Charlie Kaufman movie. Yeah,
1: I need to get to that.
0: Man, you like a Charlie Kaufman?
1: I do. I love how he shoves everything up its own ass.
0: That he does. That he does. I think that this is probably the best one that he's done since he did... Shoot, what was the name of that other one? You gotta help me out here. It was the one that was, like, really existential with weird narrative changes. <laughs> it had stuff about that one? memory and, like, yeah, timelines <laughs> getting mixed up and stuff. And
1: is, Okay, right, 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 right.
0: You know which one I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm It's into the that best one.
0: one that he's done since that. Sound,
1: sounds like maybe Adaptation. Could be. No, could be. I don't think no. it's that
0: one. No. no. <laughs> Dude, it's it's really really great it is heavy it's fucking heavy of course i mean if you're watching a charlie Coffin movie you kind of know that getting into it but it really is very interesting and and very beautiful with some really great acting and stuff in it some unusual choices like there's this thread of oklahoma like the musical that runs through the whole thing yeah uh, that's just a strange ass choice to put in there that, and that, obviously yeah, yeah exactly But I would definitely recommend it. I thought that it was really cool.
1: It's got that uh, Jesse Buckley in it, the redhead. Yeah. She's in uh, Fargo Season 4. She plays the best character in the entire season.
0: I hadn't seen her in anything else. But, like, whenever I saw her on screen, I was like, man, this chick is amazing.
1: Yeah, she's great. She's so compelling. And, yeah, Fargo Season 4, she is just, it's amazing. Good God. I loved every second she was on screen because she's she's just so, like, in the character nice perfectly. man perfectly does it so yeah I, i'll need to check that out I've, it's on my queue and i keep looking at it and that's that's what happens every time i think about it i'm like it's pretty much charlene kaufman movie i'm gonna assume yeah <laughs> like, it's and a mood, am i man. in the mood for that that's the thing right because
0: <laughs> you also got to like look at the clock and be like do i have time to watch yeah. um airplane or <laughs> naked gun or something after this to make reality normal again
1: yeah, and, and also, like, man, there are some real problems in the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's shit to really be pondering. <laughs> maybe maybe a, not interested in that right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to
0: get to it. Yeah, get I do to like Charlie it sometime. Coffin. You know, again, it's one of those movies to watch when you're just feeling a little too good. <laughs> feeling I'm too, too happy good. today. <laughs> mm-hmm, need to knock myself down a few pegs. Yeah, And uh, then I I had two nights in a row where apparently my mood was... I want to watch stuff that involves metal and right. horror. So, I watched two flicks that I'd heard about. One I'd been hearing about for a long time. A lot of people recommended that I check it out. They said it'd be right up my alley. I watched uh-huh. the New Zealand horror comedy Deathgasm.
1: Right. Okay, I've started this before, and maybe got about halfway through it, I think.
0: Yeah. What happened about halfway through that you didn't finish? I had, it?
1: I had not found it entertaining up to that point, so I turned it off honest, because I don't care about not, turning the movie up.
0: It's not real good. Like I really didn't enjoy it that much. Like it really felt like it felt like a fourteen year old that was really into metal wrote a movie. Like it just felt yeah. very underdeveloped in a lot of ways. And I know I'm talking about a fucking, you know, horror metal movie being underdeveloped yeah i know i see the irony in what i'm even saying but it just kind of felt a little bit weak to me uh it was pretty much just evil dead like the story of it's basically just evil dead but with metal yeah
1: and it, it also the thing i remember now that emily and i had watched todd in the book of pure evil uh which is a great canadian horror comedy show um around that time and it was funnier and did the metal horror thing better
0: well maybe so that's it next was time like watching yeah.
1: yeah try it. yeah it's like two seasons i think or, or maybe just one but um worth watching i mean it's it's cheesy but also like if you like supernatural you'll definitely like
0: okay todd cool.
1: versus a uh, todd in the book of pure evil but it, it like it's funny and and fun but yeah, I think that was it. it. Was I was watching it and I was like, yeah, Todd in the book, book of Pure Evil did this better. I'm not interested in finishing this.
0: <laughs> Death Chasm did have some really fun practical effects and kills in it. Like there was a huge Peter Jackson influence in it, a very big, like, dead-alive influence. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. I think my my favorite part of the movie, actually, the part of the movie I thought was the coolest is a better way to say it, is like at the very end, I sent you a photo of this. At the very end of the movie, he wakes up in his room. And he's got, like, all these, like, posters and records and stuff of metal bands on the wall, one of them being the self-titled Whitechapel album. And yeah. I was like, hey, I played on that album. That is true. You yeah, did. Yeah, I got two guitar solos on there. But I figure that's probably the closest that I've come to being in a horror movie. So that was kind of fun. That was cool. Well, there was that one time that
1: you were in that, uh, you, were, you were a meth addict. That's kind of a horror that's movie. That's true. That's true. It's a commercial,
0: yeah. but still, I think it still kind of counts, you know? kind of counts yeah. yeah and then the next day i watched one that uh, some people have been talking about like on our facebook group and stuff like that and i know some other friends of mine checked it out and uh told me i should give it a watch i watched uncle peckerhead which you also too. watched too
1: mm-hmm. yeah you watched it and passed along the recommendation
0: yeah and i had myself a darn good time it was just a real treat of a movie did you enjoy it mm-hmm. absolutely had a great
1: time watching it Re- Very fun. Uh, loved Uncle Peckerhead himself, want him to be my uncle.
0: Dude, I'm going to tell you this, man. I don't know how much time you've spent around Blackie Rose, a.k.a. the bass player for Skankbanger. (laughs) Not much. Dude, (laughs) this is part of why I like the movie so much. I swear, Blackie Rose has somebody following him around that is Uncle Peckerhead? Dude, no no no, I mean that wrote the character of Uncle Peckerhead based around Blackie. Like Oh, okay. All of his <laughs> lines in the movie, I'm like that's just stuff that Blackie says <laughs> all the time. And even the way that he talks, like his kind yeah. of slow drawl that he has uh-huh. is exactly the way that Blackie talks. That's awesome. It is wild man like it's so spot on like i I was laughing at everything that he said because i'm like that's just blackie rose stuff (laughs) so fucking good but also the thing that i liked about it a lot and this is stuff that we touched on with um green room and stuff too i think this movie did a good job of really summing up what touring life is like in a non-gigantic band where you're sleeping uh in the van and you're like Trying to take advantage of every time that you can take a shower or take a shit in a bathroom and being confused about what day it is anymore. And dude, I swear to God, man, that other band, the super pompous band that they play some shows with, mm-hmm. I have played with that band. Like there's <laughs> one particular guy in Knoxville that I'm thinking of that Uh-oh. is that guy. Oh, he boy. is that guy and <laughs> he's fucking intolerable. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun watching. Get some really cool gore and some really funny shit in there too. Yeah, uh, definitely I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, the the gore was good too. It it really just like hit on all levels. So it's, I highly recommend go check that out.
0: Me too. I'll tell you what I liked it so much I'd like to throw a beer in my face to it. You want to do that? Just toss one in. What are you having today, Steve? Did you have this on the show? It is an untitled art
1: this uh, uh several different things that are uh, blanking out shit just got serious
0: or is it this stout just got serious
1: mm-hmm. oh this stout mm-hmm. oh is that what it is i mean ah, yes, maybe that is very much what it is <laughs> <laughs> this stout just got serious but they spelled it to make it look kind of like it might be shit but yeah. it's not anyway it's an imperial play. stout with cocoa nibs caramel and milk sugar dude i can smell it from here and it smells like a chocolate cake i'm telling you what
0: man that beer which is unsurprising from untitled art because that place just makes amazing stuff uh that beer that you hold in your mitts right now is truly a sacred object Mm -hmm. if you've ever just dreamt about like Whenever your mom would let you lick the cake batter spoon, oh, the yeah. chocolate cake spoon, and, you, and you're like, "What if this also had booze in it?" I was always thinking about that as a child, you know. So was <laughs> Dahmer. We all know oh, put it. Put some booze in it, Mom. Put some booze in that cake mix. <laughs> you're about to find out what that would be like because okay. that is the, the chocolate cakeiest beer I have ever had. It is okay a delight i think that you're gonna enjoy it very much man and it's, it's also, also got a lot of alcohol 11 <laughs> 11 oh, holy moly I'm, man
1: i'm super excited for this what you drinking on ben
0: i have in my hand a sun lab brewery okay a different buzz and that's with a bunch of z's at the end it's a hazy it's got honey in it yep hazy All india right. pale ale brewed with citra kazbek Sorachi ace and it's also got honey and orange zest in it. So, hopefully it'll be pretty good. It's a pint and it is 7%. I'm going to crack his thing open. He's cracking that big red boy down. Yeah, let me get
1: let me get a sip on this here.
0: I predict that that's going to oh make a big God. toe shoot up in your boot. What do you think about that?
1: Immediately. It is amazing. The yeah. second it hits your tongue. It tastes like chocolate cake yeah. with salted caramel, which is like uh i am obsessed now with salt going along with most of my desserts dude i'm telling you it makes everything better
0: <laughs> for fucking real man that's one of those things that i'm like why did we sit on this so long? <laughs>
1: yeah why did this take so long to figure out we had the salt
0: <laughs> it was right there all along <laughs> Dude, it's so yeah, that's it's so, so rich but at the yeah, same it's time very I, rich. Think...
1: I could not have more than one of these
0: Oh yeah you'd be you'd be under the couch if you had more than one of them for sure but I feel like the booziness also kind of levels out the sweetness a little bit yeah
1: yeah it's nice it's like it, it does have that boozy tinge on the on the back end. But it's like, yeah, it's not overpowering at all. Even though it's eleven
0: percent, dude, this Sun Lab is really good. I was kind of worried with the the orange zest and the honey in there that it would be too sweet.
1: Yeah, that's it's what actually I was thinking.
0: Very nicely balanced. I don't really taste that much of the honey. Um, you do get the orange zest, and it's just like a nice, bright kind of crisp flavor on the end right there. Um, that's very, very good. Very smooth. It's like really hazy. A little bit foamy, a little bit of that pineappley flavor to it as well. I enjoy it very much, man. That sounds awesome. I have to log this into my my daily liquor log. I've still been doing good <laughs> on my two yeah. drink a day liquor log, and I think if I can make it through last week and keep it real like that, that eh, means I'm doing okay. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I
1: I uh, I drank a good bit after the <laughs> coup and and the grandfather in law dying. There there was a good bit of drinking uh emily had almost a whole week off for bereavement and stuff so we just sat around
0: watched the boys and drank <laughs> i could think of worse things to do honestly I could yeah think of it worse was things. it
1: was good commiserating type of thing because it you know in the end it was like all right
0: I, f- I feel better yeah i get that man and i'll be honest with you man like i've definitely had my moments this week that have been tough um and I don't mean to bring this up to like bring the podcast down or anything like that. I don't. I don't want anybody like getting bummed out because I'm talking about this. But yeah,
1: we are talking about a Mel Brooks movie. But
0: yeah, you know. yeah, totally. <laughs> but I think it's just important to know too that like because I know a lot of people, especially going on a year of this shit, are really struggling with the mopes. You know, they're getting depressed. People have been depressed for like a year now. Yes. Um I get it, and I just think it's important for you guys to know that. Even the people that you listen to, your entertainers, your YouTubers, whatever it is that you watch, we're going through it too, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Because it kind of struck me the other day where I was like, man, I've I've had a few days this week where I've been like really mopey, where I've kind of been in my feelings, been a little bit depressed feeling and stuff. And I was like, what is going on? Like I'm not due for another bad spell for a couple of months usually. (laughs) But it kind of hit me where I was like, oh, it's because for the past like – decade almost right after christmas is when i'm gearing up for nam and cruise shows oh and i've also happened to have a couple of little tours and one-off shows i had that florida show and then the vgm con last year right. and stuff too usually january february march is like super busy for me so right. it's like coming off of the holidays you don't it's have time like, to get depressed yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly the case because a lot of times in my entire life coming out of christmas and stuff is always kind of a time where i'd get a little bit depressed because it's like oh, the holidays are over now it's just january and it's cold (laughs) that's (laughs) That's it
1: gotta be a tough one because like that is a lot of activity and while yeah it's a whole lot of work it's also fun and adventurous and new stuff happening and and now it's just sitting in your apartment yeah totally (laughs) totally man yeah
0: so, I realize that, you know, this is as first world of a complaint as humanly possible. Right, like, oh, sure. I don't get to go to LA and play on a big boat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, come on, guys. I have very little to complain about, but I just want you guys to know that, like, even your entertainers, whatever you want to call us, influencers, I don't know, I hate that word. But, you know, even your people that, that you listen to and stuff every week, we're all going through it, man. We're all going through it in one way or another. So, yeah, if so you feel let's like you're going through yeah, exactly. Hang out on the Facebook group. Hit us up, chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. all that stuff, man, cuz we're all going all through the same it.
1: shit. Yeah. I like, you know, I I try to respond to any messages or anything pretty quickly. I you know, if you need somebody to talk to, reach out. I I'd rather you not be sad.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to look at it right there. So Yep, yep, yep. Weird year, man. But you know what, Steve? We're not here just to bitch and complain and drink code beer and talk about other movies. We're here to talk about one movie that we're going to talk about after this other part of the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I loved that. People will be very clear on what is happening. Exactly right. I thought so. (laughs) I put some thought
0: into that one. I'm a bit of a wordsmith myself. (laughs) Yep. We're talking about Young Frankenstein today, which is, of course... A treasure produced yeah, for the human race absolutely. by the great Mel Brooks, who, come on, man, if you don't like Mel Brooks, <laughs> you might be a redneck. No, rednecks love Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do they?
1: Wait. Okay, my introduction to Mel Brooks was through my grandfather, and my whole family loves Mel Brooks. Yeah. But I just realized I don't know if that is if that is a Southern
0: hmm. thing.
1: I mean, I know y- you also, and, and your wife, and my wife- so, maybe it is a pretty common Southern thing to, to
0: love Mel Brooks. I don't know. Could be. Who knows? But of course, that guy has made more amazing movies than just one. He's made a whole bunch. And I bet if we put our minds to it as we enter into the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Whoa. Preview Palace! <laughs> is that Towley? nope i just wanted to go
1: super high i don't know
0: what i was going for there but that was it it. (laughs) how about we step on into that preview palace and we give these bustas our personal top three favorite mel brooks movies there's so many to choose from they yeah they all seem to have a similar thread running through them his style of comedy is extremely unique and very identifiable and i think yep you know, you could probably snip five seconds out of any of these movies and you'd be like, oh yeah, this is a Mel Brooks movie for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you could probably edit together a separate Mel Brooks movie just taking parts from each of the movies and it would still be hilarious. Oh yeah. Because like so many, he has so many running jokes that go into several of his movies and stuff. It's, you know, he, the man had a very particular style and it just tickles
0: my funny bone. Oh yeah, man. But you know, before we kind of make the list and stuff like that, I want to clarify have you seen all of his movies? Because there's there's still a handful I, haven't I have seen not either. High
1: anxiety, uh-huh. and I haven't seen Silent Movie.
0: Okay, so I have like that box set that has all of them. So this is kind of giving me like an excuse to go through and watch them. Um, yeah, I've not watched the Twelve Chairs, which I've heard him say is the best movie that he's ever made. That's the one that he likes the most, apparently. Yeah, and I
1: haven't seen it in a long time. I, sh- I, you know, I wanted to try to watch all of them before, but obviously that didn't work out <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh I, I i haven't seen it in a long time i, I would like to rewatch that one but a uh, silent movie i know spoof of silent movies and then high anxiety spoof of hitchcock movies. Hitchcock, so yeah, yeah.
0: i want to say i've seen high anxiety one time a while back and i have not seen silent movies so again i've still got some catching up to do but i know the rest of these whether it be history of the world or space balls yeah, or history any World's of these so like, great. I've seen all of those fucking a hundred times each. Yeah. Like I've seen those movies so fucking many times and I know you have as well. So I'm interested to hear what you're going to rank as your top three. I bet we have some overlap. I bet. I bet they're the same three movies. Probably. They might be. They <laughs> might be. I think the middle one might be different. What are you starting off your number three with?
1: My number three is young frankenstein
0: yeah me too No. okay Okay. all right
1: i I think a lot of people would put young frankenstein as their number one and i get that yeah he's genius it's hilarious and it sticks out in a way that uh a lot of his others don't in Mm -hmm. being black and white in uh you know really like having a lot of filmic nods like like filmmaking nods to the 1930s movies not just like You know, he does it in Spaceballs a good bit with the wipes or whatever, but it mostly just feels like a a Mel Brooks movie, whereas this feels like this could have been a 1930s movie. It's also funny, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was a long time into watching Young Frankenstein many times over that I realized it wasn't that old, (laughs) and that he had made a lot of other movies before it that were, like, in color and not, you know, this very dated feel intentionally. I think I just assumed it was one of his oldest movies uh, i i totally had no idea of that but it's like you said this is a lot of people's absolute favorite i know my friend phil sandifer this is and his favorite that. mel brooks movie it's hilarious yeah. oh yeah we'll talk man.
1: about it more obviously is this is what the episode's about but yeah we we love young frankenstein
0: oh yeah Undeniable, what's your number man. two though ben that's where number we're gonna get interested i think so because my number two and this is hard man because it was like i was thinking about history of the world I was Mm -hmm. thinking about Spaceballs, but the one that I just kept coming back to is Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's Uh, so funny. I know that that's kind of a low-ranking one to some people. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, it's just so stupid, and it's so dated. And I'm like, no, 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 it's so stupid, and it's so dated, and that's why I like it.
1: Yeah, it really captures that moment in time when you watch it. If you watched it as a kid, when you watch it now, you just go back to that moment oh you yeah remember all that stuff and it's like you feel very in that moment i I understand completely
0: yeah it totally gives me the same vibe that i get whenever i watch like let's say james not bob strike back that's yeah i've said on the show before like that's yeah, one of my favorite like sick yeah. day movies where it's just like yeah mm-hmm. just have it on it'll make you laugh and make you feel better that's the way that men in tights is for me too where there's just so many fucking silly things in there. I have a mole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those running jokes too. It's like with The Hump as
1: well in this. Yep. Like yep. he ha- always has thread. these very specific type of jokes that it's almost like interchangeable but they still hit every time.
0: Oh yeah, and I absolutely love the dude who, like, talks all fucked up the whole movie, and he's like, he did to kill the king's dad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is so funny. Oh, yeah. he's great, man. And then, of course, you got Latrine in there. Latrine.
1: Used to be shit house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good change. It's a good change. God, it's so funny, man. And, yeah, the way that it just absolutely mocks Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah which but at needed the same time, to be mocked like, oh yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time it's not even like shitting all over like this is a bad movie let's make fun of it it's this fine line of like homage and yet poking fun at it exactly like young frankenstein is yep
1: yeah and we'll talk we'll talk more about mel brooks's style of humor and why why that is that like he gently pokes fun at things, and it never feels like, oh, he hates this thing. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, he loves this thing so much that he's able to find the things you can poke fun at.
0: Yeah, it's almost very like Weird Al in a way, where you're like, yes. I don't think that Weird Al hates Nirvana, and that's why Absolutely he made smells like Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that way, and I, I get that out of Mel Brooks's um, movies a lot of times too. So, yeah, Men and and of course Dave Chappelle. I mean, you can just go on, so and on and on and on for how. Yeah fucking good that movie is man what's your number two though my number two is the producers re-watching it made me
1: realize like how fucking funny it is but also how relevant it still is yeah yeah it's great man i just loved it i love the guy who plays hitler in the play like (laughs) (laughs) he's amazing it's just so like ridiculous and obviously taiko atiti was doing some of that In uh what was his oh crap what was the name of that where jojo rabbit Rabbit, yes jojo rabbit obviously having a more bittersweet tone uh and the producers just having this absurd ridiculous tone i really enjoyed it i think there are a couple jokes that i would say are a little dated though i don't know that anything in there would be considered offensive Mm -hmm. um it's just that the joke doesn't hit anymore like the joke that someone is gay (laughs) like that's just not there's no there's no joke to that right uh but that was that i mean the kind of camp gay character from the late 60s through the 70s and even into the 80s because you know they have one in airplane as well i guess it continues into the 90s that camp gay character like was so played out but in the 60s it was actually kind of like hey look this is a gay person like gay people exist yeah so i i don't think uh i don't think you know that hits as much anymore but it's also just like well at the time he was
0: doing something right a great cast in that movie and stuff too so good gene wilder of course absolutely amazing. amazing yeah fucking amazing dude yeah really really hilarious i need to watch that again it's been a while since i saw it actually watch it again the guy who plays the
1: uh inspector in this plays the nazi guy who wrote the the play who is just
0: ridiculous oh shit i don't think i realized that inspector Kemp. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh-huh huh. <laughs> it's so fucking funny awesome man good one good one yeah what is your number two Ben? our number one Ben. my number uno god damn dude like to me Filling out the two and three was hard, but deciding on number one is fucking easy. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles yeah. is we agree immortally yeah. hilarious. Is that your number one as well?
1: Absolutely. I watched it while watching it. I, I had to pause several times because I was laughing too hard and couldn't hear the jokes I knew that were going to make me laugh even harder. Yep. Dude. Uh, it's so funny. so
0: fucking funny. And I feel like every time I watch it, because I tend to watch it once every maybe 2 years or so something like that yeah every time i rewatch it i'm like i forgot how fucking funny this movie is yeah it is hysterical the part
1: where the the uh sheriff holds himself hostage
0: yeah <laughs> is,
1: is so goddamn funny i like uh, it it's got just like Uh, uh, like looking back on it 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 obviously is the movie that you would think oh there's no way this aged well right it addressed race in 1974 yeah and you go back and you go mel brooks addressed race in 1974 on a level that needs to be around still we still need to be talking about race on this level the way he was looking at it because he was trying to show people
0: like you're being fucking ridiculous that's the thing right like i i see people all the time that are just like oh you couldn't you couldn't show blazing saddles now you couldn't make that movie now because of all the racial stuff in it and i feel like they're missing they're missing the point though like
1: yeah absolutely they're missing the point yeah
0: Yeah. because like you know whenever our you know redneck families and uncles and stuff like that would make racial jokes there was hate behind it Hate. (laughs) yes you know not not good intentions whatsoever but i feel like whenever mel brooks especially in in blazing saddles was making all this racial commentary it was to show you how stupid the racists are yes
1: absolutely it's the never are them in the good always light. the enemies throughout it yeah it's it's absolutely still holds up still hilarious yeah just great and gene wilder awesome in it uh it just just a real fun watch
0: Oh, and Madeline Kahn in that one, too, dude. I'm oh, tired. Madeline Kahn.
1: <laughs> Madeline Kahn. is the best in everything she's in. In like, everything, dude. She, no matter what is happening, Madeline Kahn is what you want to look at in oh, anything yeah. she's in.
0: Oh, yeah. She would absolutely just fucking grab your attention no matter what it is that she's yep. in. Because as we see also in Young Frankenstein, man, she was <laughs> truly a fucking... Genius. She was a yep. treasure and absolutely hilarious. And yeah, her old worn-out prostitute character in *Blazing mm. Saddles*, coming and going and going and coming and always too soon. <laughs> and even Mel Brooks' yeah. part in there is as the as the, uh, the mayor or whatever, and he's always like playing with the paddle ball but like fucking it up. <laughs>
1: I love the, uh, that's the great thing about mel brooks is how how like he'll make himself the dumbest character yeah yeah it's just awesome the, his character in Spaceballs, for instance
0: well there's a really good podcast that um that that kate sent to me that was mel brooks on one of those like earlier episodes of the nerdist oh yeah i've
1: heard that one the great interview yeah yeah
0: really really uh-huh. really good interview and he mentioned sometime somewhere in there is that like you know the goal of comedy is, like, destruction. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's all about annihilating people's ideas. It's all about, like, well, you know, he said, as comedians, we're the the jester that whispers the truth into the king's ear and shit, you know? Yep. And uh, it's funny, because you watch the movies, and they're so silly and stupid, but then when you know that, you're like, oh, he was actually attacking this stuff and showing the world how fucking stupid it is (laughs) yep yeah he
1: he's he's genius in that way that he's he's really like uh sneaking in a whole lot of subversive stuff while just making you die laughing at the stupidest shit Yeah. yeah yeah it's great i i i really love mel brooks and i guess we should just go right into the movie portion it's right like way Where, into that thing man. Yeah. and
0: i'll tell you what to do that guy you know he's still with us he's 92 i think now 94? 94 holy yeah. fuck i and heard he an interview with as him sharp as attack man a
1: few years ago on wtf i believe mark maron uh which again he's still sharp the yes. guy's still like very smart very funny very charming uh he's great I big fan i let's talk about him a little bit cause uh just I had never read up on Mel Brooks despite like listening to him in interviews and stuff yeah just wanted to know more about the guy so
0: secret uh, the, origins
1: yep son of immigrants uh the immigrants from Germany and uh the Ukraine okay Uh he's he was you know grew up not too rich not having much money or anything ended up uh joining the army for world war ii not oh. really a choice yeah he's a world war ii vet i he, did not uh, know that whoa was a minesweeper
0: holy so, fuck what
1: yeah <laughs> so a fucking badass that
0: is hardcore
1: yeah yeah uh then when he got back he got into the cat skills comedy scene if you don't know uh much about cat skills comedy you could check out marvelous miss Maisel season two uh basically the Catskills, there were a lot of these uh, Jewish summer retreats, oh. and uh, as we've talked about before, in the Jewish community, there is a love for comedy, Yeah, just an absolute love for comedy, so th- at these Jewish retreats, they'd have co- uh, comedy, and it's a very particular type of comedy.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, we were kind of chatting about that last week after we both watched the movie, where it's like, this sort of brand of Jewish comedy is every bit as identifiable as when you see... The dry but wacky British comedy style like Monty Python or right. Canadian yes. comedy like uh, Letterkenny. comedy Kenny. has a
1: very particular flavor, yeah. Kiwi
0: humor has its own thing as well. And Absolutely. it's really hard to put a pin on what exactly makes this Jewish humor feel the way I'm that it does. I'm put a it pin on it. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you could kind of explain here. it to me a little yeah. bit here. Because in my head, it was always one of those things where it's like, considering all the shit that the Jews have been through it's probably a damn survival device, you know?
1: <laughs> in some ways it was, yeah. Uh, a lot of it started, especially uh, for uh, e- the Eastern European Jewish community, started with satirizing Christianity because they couldn't openly speak out against Christianity. Mm. It was a way of, like, slyly doing it. Okay. Um, But Jewish humor, in particular, it tends to favor things like wordplay, and irony and satire, so it's 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 really like about being like in its core about being anti-authoritarian and mocking everything.
0: Yeah, like yeah, that's very much in line before you say that interview. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and as well as like uh, you know being derived from mocking themselves. That's that's like the unique quality to Jewish humor is that it is not about mocking the other; it's about self mockery. It's about self deprecation.
0: Yeah, because yeah, it's about everybody, Every, nobody's perfect. Everybody gets made fun of. It's kind of like and the South comedian Park ethos. himself
1: is the like he is the full on version of that. He stands up at, for the crowd and it takes on the crowd and then makes fun of himself. Basically, it's like i am saying these things about myself and it's really about you and i'm honestly really elevating us all by saying we all do this and this is stupid and funny and it's not a big deal
0: right yeah yeah it kind of takes the fangs out of everything and also when you self-deprecate and make fun of yourself at the same time i think it makes people feel less like they're being preached to (laughs) exactly fucked up and stupid their shit is. exactly
1: so you can get you can get more in there you can get more of this like message of like you know, you know, decentralized authority and, and just not not being a dick, basically. Um, but there, this uh, Mel Brooks was, you know, with Catskills comedy, very particularly the Borscht Belt humor that Catskills <laughs> comedy used. Borscht, okay. Borscht Belt comedy uh, uses rapid fire, often self-deprecating like Jewish, Jewish humor usually is. But typical themes of things like bad luck, puns, physical complaints and ailments, and aggravating relatives.
0: Okay, this all sounds familiar.
1: Exactly. Again, all these things come into other Mel Brooks' work. And then he uh, moved on to TV writing, he wrote on your show of shows, and some other stuff, and then moved on to film. Dude, and all that his... writing and
0: stuff. Just as a quick PS, the writing that they were talking about doing on that show of shows. Uh-huh. Absolutely insane. Where I mean, it was like a variety sketch kind of show yes. that was 90 minutes of new material, like 36 episodes a season. <laughs> yes. And these guys were cranking that stuff yeah. out. I mean, <laughs> holy fuck. It takes it like crazy. 8 people to write 10 episodes of a new yeah. TV show these days. And these guys what? were doing an hour and a half a week.
1: You got the thing is like, you look back on that and one they were overworking them like crazy. Was bored, yeah. uh, If if you got quality, like that's the thing you still see with SNL. I mean, some people say oh SNL was better at some point. No, it wasn't. Uh, You're just remembering the best of DVDs. Oh yeah, absolutely. You watch any episode of SNL and there's a ton of lulls.
0: No, yeah, it
1: happens because it is a huge high pressure situation and it is live. Yeah, it's and it's just an hour of material.
0: Out. Yeah, you're not yeah, always going to have good ones.
1: So you go back to this stuff, and it's like, how did they do that? And it's like, well, it sometimes was pretty shit material, and
0: <laughs> they weren't happy, and they didn't get to go home. That's how they did it. Right. So he was doing all the TV writing and stuff like that before he got into film, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know... uh, we had stuff mm-hmm. like uh, the producers and Twelve Chairs before this, and Blazing Saddles even came out the same year as Young Frankenstein. Whoa, just, really? Uh, early, yeah, came out in seventy four in um, February, I believe. Um, Damn. So this this came out in December. So think about that though. Like when I look at this, like I I will talk about why this is third on my list and not first because I have some issues with it. Sure. But when I look at those issues, I realize like the the history of this is basically gene wilder had this idea and um his his agent was asking him you know or telling him he had these new clients peter boyle and marty feldman and he you know wanted to see if he could get them all on a project together and so uh gene wilder was just like oh i got this idea for like you know uh, the the grandson of frankenstein and he he just doesn't want anything to do with the frankenstein legacy and so uh mark Medavoy, who is now like a huge movie mogul has been a movie mogul for a while um uh, he was like oh great you should uh you know talk to mel about it because he was working on blazing saddles at the time wow so he took it to mel and at first Mel was like "Eh, i don't know and then they sat down and started talking about it and uh you know he convinced mel and they started writing it like after shooting blazing saddles so like They'd be shooting Blazing Saddles and then go that night and sit around and and ride up Young Frankenstein. So Young Frankenstein kind of came together pretty quick to be out by the end of 74. And that's wild too
0: because that just shows you the work ethic that these guys had and also the work ethic that you have to have to survive in any creative field where it's just like you've delivered something as just incredibly you know, historically hilarious and fantastic as Blazing Saddles. And then do you get to rest and retire off that? No, you have to immediately start working on whatever is next. Like, there's been plenty of times, even just in my career as a YouTuber or whatever, where I'll be like, that was the best video I've probably ever put up. Right. And then as soon as I hit upload, you know what I'm doing? Thinking of the next one. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's always next, next, next. You always have to keep creating. Yeah, it's always just forward momentum, man. And that is just further proof of it. I don't think I realized how close those two movies were together. Yeah, That's nuts. very very
1: close. So, yeah, it's it's um I can see where maybe like cuz I think I think some of the jokes are a little flat to me like the uh, is this the Transylvania station? like it's <laughs> yeah it's referencing a uh a the song that Choo-choo. is so old <laughs> yeah. like even at the time when it came out it's like what
0: <laughs> yeah that's like a joke that you know if you were sitting in the theater watching this in 1974 like maybe your parents got that joke then right <laughs> so yeah so you're like, right some very 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 dated stuff and this is overall like less silly I think then it is a lot of movies. I would I would say
1: it 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 works as a an actual sequel to the movies it's parodying. Oh. Like if if you wanted to watch those movies and then watch this movie is like that's what happened next. It would be like, yeah, okay. Similar tone, similar stuff. Like, yeah, that that's a good sequel. Hmm. So it shows how much they actually cared about these 1930s horror movies. I mean, there's homage to other horror movies in this, specifically King Kong when they have them all chained up and on stage and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they definitely cared about the movies they were making some parody of. But also it's uh, the jokes. <laughs> there, there are just so many jokes that oh, are yeah. timelessly hilarious.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely so, man. And this is one of those one of those movies that my wife and i can basically quote from start to finish just turn it on and yeah. we'll just recite the movie <laughs> emily and, was doing the same oh while yeah. we were watching it's yeah. irresistible <laughs> man and i will absolutely say you know before you even get into any really like deep diving or nitpicking into the movie itself i am 100 percent looking at this movie through rose colored glasses yeah. oh, for oh sure. absolutely
1: but i I, mean, I tried i tried to take them off i tried to see it as like well there's problems with this it's not perfect obviously yeah. you know <laughs> made so long ago there have been a ton of uh, advancements in in filming and stuff and also in the way story structure works and the tightening it up but i still can't look at it as anything but genius
0: oh yeah same here man and you know i totally get the warm fuzzies from this movie this is one of those warm fuzzy movies for me um I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I know that this might be somebody's first time listening to the show. Sure. This is our, <laughs> like, traditional uh, Carving Pumpkins with My Wife's Family movie. As long as I have known that family, which is, like, 20 years this year, which is insane, uh, this is the movie that we put on while we carve pumpkins at Halloween. Wow. This is just what you watch. You watch this, and then sometimes we watch the Sleepy Hollow cartoon if everybody's still working afterwards. And um, So this is one of those movies that... I have very, very, very fond memories of. And it's funny because like, you know, I'm just so ingrained to think about this movie as being related to that particular task that like while Kate and I were watching it the other day in freezing cold January, um, while we probably still had our Christmas tree up at that point, you know, we were both just sitting here watching this being like, where's the spiced rum and cider? Where's (laughs) the smell of pumpkin? How come I don't have my hands full of pumpkin guts and stuff? Like, it's just so tied to time and place and event in my mind that I would even say that this might be the first time, if not the first time, the first time in 20 years that I have watched this movie, like actually sat down to watch it. Oh wow.
1: Like just paid full attention to it.
0: Yeah, totally. Because it's always just on while we carve pumpkins and you quote the lines and you laugh at the parts you always laugh at and stuff like that. Um, so this is kind of interesting for me, actually, just watching it this way. Uh, it kind of gave me a little bit different perspective on some of the things in here. Yeah. And like you said, I, it's I like, I, it gave me a few little nitpicks and stuff that I could sit here and, and poke at. But at the same time, it's just like, I fucking love this movie, and I'll always love this movie, you know?
1: Yeah, I the same. Uh, they're, you know, the, the tiny nitpicks aren't going to hurt it for me, but it, it definitely i would say it's a little bit too long i it think kinda uh, long. It, yeah, it's kind of long yeah that's not what I got as like it too. snappy as his other pictures yeah because it's a little too long but you know it, so all the scenes are a delight it's great i i don't know what i'd cut it just seems that's what i was long. gonna
0: say right because like i was kind of making my notes and stuff for this and i was kind of like you know um like like you also mentioned to me too at times it just kind of feels like a bunch of skits that are sort of tied together. Yes.
1: Yeah, it, it it really is that, and that like other of his movies don't feel that way no. necessarily. This yeah, one like, does though.
0: There's definite scenes in this that don't affect the forward momentum of the story itself. Like if you yeah. sniffed out the part where you know he uh, goes to the well with the little girl, that's you know and, playing yeah, with the flowers. Yeah, or the stuff.
1: part where he goes and sees the blind man. Yeah, yeah. It's like you could yeah. totally
0: snip those out of the movie, but then you wouldn't get. I was going to make espresso. You know, it's right, like you wouldn't, yeah, get, you the wouldn't stuff get the great. That you love. I mean, Gene
1: Hackman playing that role for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, for
0: some fucking
1: reason, yeah. right? Yeah, uh the thing is though, I think if you watch Bride of Frankenstein, I mean, this is the thing. Bright of Frankenstein is a almost 40-year-old movie when this comes out. Wow. But if you watch Bride of Frankenstein, it feels that way too. It feels like a string of set pieces and oh. and the like, you know, I'm not mad at it for that. So I think that maybe they're they're mimicking that but it kind of hurts the film as a whole but it it is also doing what it's supposed to spoofing the Frankenstein movie so yeah it works in that way but it doesn't work overall
0: Yeah that's kind of the thing in terms of like I think any of the nitpicks that we have about you know some of those vignette by vignette sort of feels and stuff yeah. like that it's like well it's only because it was intentionally paying homage to yeah the original really, and the beats that they followed yeah. so if they yeah, and, i mean Spaceballs does
1: the same so if you don't like the way star wars plays out of course Spaceballs is gonna be a bit of a, a chore i'd right. say the same with blazing saddles it plays out like a western
0: right and you know if you are a huge fan of frankenstein or you are a huge fan of star wars or whatever and those movies deviated from the beats of the source material. You'd be mad about that too.
1: Exactly. So, uh, th- these movies definitely—if you want to appreciate them fully—you do have to appreciate the stuff that they're spoofing, and that—that's, you know, that 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 shows how hard they were like working on really making something that would be respectable, and not just making fun of. Like that's where we get stuff like not another teen movie and the spoofs that followed that where it's just like well this is just making fun of a bunch of movies yeah like it's not there's no appreciation to it really it's just like oh remember this thing from this movie here it is remember there was the kid with the bag from american beauty here's a kid with a bag (laughs)
0: Like it's just
1: not funny but these are because they appreciate the movie so much and because they hone it in to be very specific whereas as i said not another teen movie it's just every single teen movie that came out for a 10 year span well it's just use that as fodder
0: that's it yeah. yeah that's the source material let's just go with it yeah you're yeah. right they did pay a lot of respect to the originals um and it goes deeper even than i knew too where it's like they actually contacted the special effects department that did the props and set yes. design and stuff for the and og got a
1: lot of the props yeah
0: yeah like dude had him in his garage he had frankenstein's laboratory in his fucking garage yeah so they actually got the original equipment so whenever he's talking about his grandfather's lab and his equipment that's literally it
1: that is what it is that's cool
0: like they didn't have to do that
1: no nobody would have known the difference
0: no huh and that didn't go without some complaints from the studios and stuff like that apparently the story according to mel brooks goes is that he you know got funding for the movie and stuff like that they signed the papers. And then on his way out of the office, he goes, oh, by the way, it's going to be in black and white and walked off. <laughs> and <laughs> the executives and stuff were just like, yeah. no, like they, yes, exact, that was not their exact words were, at the time. you know, they're like, Mel, Peru just got color. Like they right. just got color film in Peru at this point. Like that's yeah. going to be why you would do the movie in color. But right you know they were really really stuck on having this thing being filmed in color at one point they yeah, even tried he... to sort of trick him into loading color film and be like oh we'll we'll change it to black and white in processing and he, and he wouldn't allow it he's like it has to be right it has to look like the real thing or else it's not gonna work
1: yeah and that that uh like just to put it in context like when you see Night of the Living Dead, which came out six years before this, and it's in black and white, that was a budgetary constraint and not yeah. normal.
0: Mm-mm, no. This
1: is a choice. Like, and it's, again, not normal. And people, like, people want the new thing. They don't want the old thing. But this, this is giving them black and white and fucking do Like, almost $3 million budget made $86 million. He knew Golly. what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. He knew what he was doing. Man, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah, that, that's he also did, you know, a lot of the same film techniques with like using wipes and fades to black and the iris in and iris out. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff he was doing is very like going back to those movies because he is a master at the spoof. And to master the spoof, as we've been saying, you've got to care about the thing you're spoofing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can't just use it as fodder to tear up and mock and rip apart and stuff like that you're right like even those those wipes and transitions and things you're talking about like that is indicative of somebody who has studied the source material very closely and is truly paying homage to it while also having some fun with it and i think that makes a hell of a lot of difference in terms of like you said other spoofs and things
1: yeah i i want to i forgot we d- I don't want to talk too much about Mary Shelley because we're going to do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and I l- am excited as fuck to talk about Mary Shelley, but I just want to remind everyone Young Frankenstein is considered by many to be one of the funniest films of all time. Okay. So think about this. A bisexual uber goth, created... <laughs> One of the greatest horror characters of all times, 75 depictions of Frankenstein in film. Wow. Created science fiction as a genre, basically, and is
0: responsible
1: for one of the funniest movies of all time.
0: You know, when you get down to it, I'm not sure how pleased uh, Mary Shelley would be about the end result of that, but it is inspiring. I think she would love it
1: yeah i'm telling you mary shelley was a badass she carried <laughs> around the calcified heart of her husband after he died she was a badass what yes fucking goth dude she was so she lost her virginity on
0: her mom's grave now that is fucking badass that those She's are total smith's best. lyrics right Love there
1: mary shelley can't wait to talk about mary shelley's frankenstein specifically but wow i i th- like this is a confluence of great, great stuff. And that's that's one of the reasons why it's considered one of the best comedies of all time. This is a lot of these people at the height of their careers. Like Gene Wilder is he's uh he's done the Producers, which was he's kind of relatively unknown there. But by the time he's done Blazing Saddles, this is after um he was in what is that movie? Fuck the uh Woody Allen Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex, but were afraid to ask. Oh, right. That was yeah. kind of his star turn. Mm-hmm so he's like this he's hot right now uh chloris leachman same thing i mean this is well into her career but not even near the end of her career she
0: is fucking awesome she is awesome
1: chloris leachman here's a little mind-blowing fucking fact about chloris leachman hit me 22 primetime emmy nominations holy shit primetime emmy wins She is the most nominated actress of all time, and tied with Julia Louis Dreyfus for most awarded actress of all time. For For real? For primetime Emmys, yeah.
0: Holy shit, I didn't know that.
1: Now let's be honest: Julia Louis Dreyfus was fucking screwed the entire time she was on Seinfeld that she never won an Emmy. That's just absolutely, honestly, one of the most ridiculous things ever. But I didn't realize that. Really? Insane. Cora Leachman, just a fucking pro. Uh, Madeline Kahn is coming off of two Academy Award nominations, one for Paper Moon and one for Blazing Saddles.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Uh, Gene Hackman has done the French Connection and the Conversation. Like, he's, uh, again, like, hot as fuck. Like, this is people at the heights of their careers. Mel Brooks at his most appreciated, I think. Not that, you know, by the time the 90s came around, it was like, oh, right, Mel Brooks fucking rules. Uh, But, you know, the 70s was his height. So, th- this is just a real good confluence of awesomeness that turns out to be this really fun, funny movie.
0: Oh, yeah. And then you've also got those fantastic side characters like Inspector Kemp. Uh huh. Inspector <laughs> Kemp. Yeah,
1: he's great. And of course, Marty Feldman Marty as Feldman. Igor and Peter Boyle as the monster.
0: I mean, come on. It doesn't get amazing. more perfect. It
1: does not no, get more perfect. it doesn't.
0: And this is truly one of those times, too, where you can tell that everybody on set knew what movie they were in. They knew what the tone should be. Yep. Everybody was on the same page. And yep. I love when you can watch a movie, whether it be a comedy or an action movie or a horror movie or whatever. Where you can tell everybody knew exactly what this was out to achieve,
1: and they were they're working on it. They're yeah. gonna make sure it happens, and they're the best at what they do. So yeah. it's like perfect. Yeah, this this is one of those movies where, you know, he he got he's got his regulars. Uh He always used to like the same uh, music guy and stuff, and Mel Brooks worked with the same people. And this is kind of one of those moments where it was like we all know each other. We know how to make this funny and they nail it.
0: Yeah. And apparently Gene Wilder was having maybe a little bit too much fun on set as he <laughs> apparently was cracking up laughing the entire time yeah. and like ruined so many <laughs> takes. But also too, you know, because you're working with such a bunch of badasses, the the improv level was really high in this movie too. Apparently, like basically everything Madeline Kahn did was improvised. Like no tongue, all that stuff was just her just picking up She's shit on the so spot. Fucking genius! God, God damn it! Damn. She is so fucking funny, man. Yeah. I want to know the story of why she sings the battle hymn, of the Republic, all through the movie. <laughs> like, why is that her song? <laughs> i don't fucking understand man Uh, and apparently even like like gene hackman like the i was going to make espresso like that was improvised on the spot and
1: i assumed i assumed though it's like it's a perfect improv line too because it's like the imagine if you know what espresso is i guess in 74 that would have been a little more obscure yeah but now it's pretty common to know that espresso involves a lot of steam and obviously the monster would have got something steamed to hell <laughs> and like just a great have well. yeah
0: <laughs> but they apparently in the in the cut there that we see in the movie they had to like clip the audio as soon as he said that because the entire cast started fucking laughing <laughs> i mean there's just so much stuff where you're like you know that they had a good time making this and apparently too they filmed like fucking four hours of footage for this just where they were i would love to see all the outtakes oh yeah and it's just because they were just spitballing and improvising and just having fun Mm -hmm. while they were doing this stuff i mean how could you not like they've already built these amazing sets you're working with all these amazing actors and actresses and everybody's Mm -hmm. like you said firing on all cylinders like how could they not have had a blast doing this even like like Cloris Leachman I think is so understatedly funny in this because obviously oh, absolutely. you think about Cloris Leachman in this you're like oh it's Frau Blücher and the horse nays and stuff yeah and she's supposed to be like terrifying but she has so many subtly funny things and <laughs> again improv like even whenever she's like over teen she just <laughs> made that up on the spot which is so, so fucking funny
1: fucking funny yes it's so perfect And i'm glad gene wilder didn't crack up dude that, yes. that would have been the hardest
0: part <laughs> oh that's the thing right whenever you talk about these people improvising it's like it's amazing enough that they came up with such funny stuff on the spot but then also too that the other people on screen with them were able to keep it together that's a feat oh, in itself right I'd there be
1: terrible in that situation anybody who's listening to this podcast no i, I laugh at everything Oh, i, dude. I'd I have a hard time. Possibly. <laughs> it takes so much self-control and uh, comedic knowledge to really just understand like I need to let this land because that was hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh the guy that plays Inspector Kemp, I think that guy is fucking hilarious too. Dude, yes. So good. I don't even know how many times into watching this movie that I noticed that he is wearing a monocle over an eye patch, yes. <laughs> monocle over <laughs> eye patch. Like, I don't know why my, my eyes didn't register it. Like the first, you know, dozen times I watched this movie, then yeah. finally I was like, he's wearing a monocle above an eye patch. Like that makes zero sense.
1: No. Do you god, do it's you funny. know this though, Ben? This is a fun fact about Kenneth Mars who plays that character. He also voiced King Triton in The Little Mermaid. No way. Yeah. Dude. Also, oh, another voice actor in this. Brainy Smurf, the guy who stands up and asks the questions in the the classroom scene. Oh my guy god. Voices Brainy Smurf and a ton of other characters.
0: Kept a piece of vermicelli in a jar for years until it came to life. That guy? <laughs> yeah. holy shit
1: the pasta
0: (laughs) i knew i recognized that guy's voice from something
1: yeah it's very clearly brainy smurf when you listen to it again i mean obviously he's doing a voice for brainy smurf but it seems like pretty much his voice
0: (laughs) wow man and that's the thing is like while obviously they had a ton of fun you know making this movie at the same time this is a very serious deal like writing comedy and keeping things funny takes a lot of work and preparedness and a lot of a lot of butting heads sometimes and apparently like it does whenever gene wilder had the idea of the the putting on the ritz scene Uh that's the point where mel brooks was like gene this is too far like this is too too absurd silly yeah yeah it's like this is an homage and it's a spoof but that's going too far and they apparently had a huge huge fight about it and mel brooks like came back to him and he's like we're gonna film that scene because you fought so hard for it he's like i i think it might be too far but the fact that you were so impassioned about it means that it's a good idea like if it wasn't a good idea you wouldn't have fought so hard for it right and sure enough that's like one of the things you think about when you think about this fucking movie
1: is yes that's (laughs) one of
0: the most iconic scenes yeah because dude the absurdity of like that's how he is showing to this community that this monster he created is sophisticated what would you do i don't know a tap dance number to putting on the ritz like that's so dumb it's fantastic
1: it is absolutely yeah that that gene wilder mel brooks working relationship is pretty genius because like mel brooks believed in gene wilder a lot like mel brooks normally puts himself in his movies he's not in this movie because gene wilder insisted that he would bring in too much of that fourth wall breaking stuff and he didn't want that in the film and then of course Marty Feldman does it but it's it's like he they Mel Brooks trusted this guy enough to believe in him even when he didn't exactly believe in the project from the beginning
0: yeah he, and he comes just knew like well, this
1: guy gets it so I'm probably wrong here
0: Right. And that's amazing, too, you know, um, in that kind of creative working context for somebody to have enough faith in this other person to be like, this person thinks I shouldn't be in it. They're probably right. That is an immense level of trust.
1: Absolutely. So it, like that, that is where the genius kind of comes in here is with all these people, all these very funny people who have so much to contribute it mel brooks was able to foster an environment where it was just like everybody has a voice everybody can bring their own thing and we'll make it work
0: yeah and i'll listen to it even though uh, you know mel brooks is like one of the greatest comic geniuses of all time he still wasn't so high and mighty that he would shut down people's ideas or be like no that's not how it was in the script or whatever like right that right there is like, that's one of those like Frank Zappa level things where it's just like, exactly. he's a genius. He can write mm-hmm. stuff better than any of us, but also he recognizes the genius that some people possess that they might bring something to a project that makes it better. So he'll listen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially as a creative person that can be very controlling about hard. everything that I do. <laughs> yes, it's so hard. fucking hard. Like it trusting hard. other, other creative people that way takes a lot. So yeah. I can really appreciate the fact that, that Mel Brooks was able to hand over the reins to Gene Wilder and everybody else that worked on this to make it as, as good as it is. That's gotta yeah. be hard. Yeah.
1: I, I, I think, you know, when we look at, like, how this subverts so much from Frankenstein but pays so much homage to those movies, like, the the subversions, I think, are real interesting because they they all make it they make the character so much kinder and gentler Mm. like they make this frankenstein that is like kind of lovable and i think that's led to because we've gotten so many more portrayals of frankenstein as kind of lovable and affable or you know silly like say monster squad sure like so much of that i think is playing from here of just this idea of like Well, like, if you read the book, there's a very, like, connectable side to the creature. Like, Mm. you can very much get in his headspace and understand him in a way that makes you relate to him. And a lot of the movies had kind of pulled that out and made him just this, you know, dumb, scary creature. And now this brings in that, like, lovable element that, you know, you have to have because it's comedy i guess but it's it's also like it's been repeated so many times that I, I think brooks is pretty much responsible for making him lovable
0: hmm you might be right yeah because it's like you said i, I guess everything up to this had been more of that yeah just creature side like,
1: of the character. i'm I mean, the bride of frankenstein does have as i said the moments with the blind guy in the hut are the moments when you kind of connect to him But in the book that's where he's like learning to read and learning to speak and stuff. In the movie it's more he just learns to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And that's less connectable to me. I don't know how like a person learning to smoke is like, Yes, I get it now. Human.
0: (laughs) Be somebody, baby. Smoke. smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's funny, man. You know, one thing that is kinda odd though. That I was thinking about as I was watching it this time. And again, maybe it's because I was just watching it, watching it and not, you know, having it on while I carve a gourd. Um, And maybe it's because, you know, during uh, the Halloween season there, we watched Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which is, of course, Uh, pretty different tonally from this one. Way different different tonally. (laughs) One thing that kind of struck me this time while I was watching it... Um, that I think I hadn't considered before about the entire uh, Mary Shelley... I have a hard time saying that fucking name. Melly Sherry. Melly Sherry. Uh uh, Frankenstein story that I hadn't really considered before is that, you know, the entire story of of Dr. Frankenstein and him making this abomination that should not live out of, you know, decaying corpse parts and... Right. uh, ...the horrors of science and stuff like that, things that would become you know, topics through Michael Crichton and all kinds of other writers the, the scariness of new scientific discovery in a lot of ways. I think that it's kind of a commentary on how monstrous and how terrifying it would be to see males try to create life, whereas with females right. creating life is part of their nature. Yeah, yeah, it just happens. Yeah. Um, Me- meanwhile, if man tries to create life, this is how horrific and fucked up it would be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that that is one of the central tenets of of the original novel. I hadn't thought about it. You know,
0: you know I hadn't really hor- considered The
1: horrors one. that man can create. Uh but yeah, I mean th- this this obviously avoids all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean like it acknowledges it slightly with <laughs> just one of the best lines ever I, it, I think it's the moment when the movie becomes a comedy when he says my grandfather's work was doo-doo because <laughs> like, before that nothing necessarily intentionally funny happens right it could very well just be seen like "Ah, oh, this is a frankenstein sequel and then he says that and
0: it's like no it's not this yeah, is cause funny. It even starts off with like that corpse in the coffin and yeah. stuff like i always forget that that's how the movie starts and then yeah. it like doesn't really let go of the box, which is just kind of silly. <laughs> I forgot about that, man. But yeah, like I said, I just hadn't really considered that angle this time while watching it. Uh, for some reason, it really just kind of stood out to me this time around.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein oh, yeah. oh, soon yeah. enough. Because I've wanted to talk about the the book itself. And I just have so many opinions regarding the way people relate to frankenstein these days i i think people are they're missing something by not actually reading the book mm, yeah yeah. because there, there's a lot in there that needs to be digested and and really again as i'm saying i was saying earlier mary shelley deserves so much more than she gets like hmm. so, so many of us only understand her as The writer of Frankenstein and do not get what lasting implications that book has had since 1820. Like, wow, it's it's still like Romero zombies are the zombies they are because of Frankenstein. Like Romero removed the Haitian voodoo zombie element and turned them basically into Frankenstein's. Damn.
0: Hmm. I need to read it. I don't really know why I haven't read it now that I think about it.
1: I don't I don't know that the prose hits with people these days romantic prose I think is probably a little overly flowery and stuff and then it's you know she's also talking science at the time you know like magnetism and uh, I believe she mentions Erasmus Darwin in there it's it's interesting I, I think it's well worth reading and I'll I'll try to read it before we ever do a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because it's not too long of a book and well worth the read
0: hmm all right. We'll have to scope that thing out. You know, one member of the cast I just realized that we overlooked that is essential to this fucking movie, Terry Garr, Terry Gar oh, is yes. roll, hilarious roll, roll, hay. Hay. <laughs> yeah. she's great yeah what knockers thank you doctor <laughs> thank you doctor. it brings
1: in the sexual element of mel brooks's comedies yeah that was yeah, always yeah. there and was kind of more in vogue when he was first becoming popular like 60s and through the 70s and mm-hmm. nowadays people are so like i would call it anti-sexual like everybody's anti-horny now mm-hmm. like people don't want sex in their movies and i just don't get it like normalize fuck piles guys let's just <laughs> the world just needs to be more comfortable with fucking
0: well the thing about it is is like i think it's so easy for sexual stuff especially in terms of comedy to quickly turn very exploitive and very that's creepy. true and but the thing about this is is like Terry Gara in this is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, she is smoking in this movie. And I don't think that's like... like
1: part of the joke, right? Is that, like, she's gorgeous and she knows it. When he says uh, huge knockers or whatever, she doesn't go like, how dare you?
0: Yeah, 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 right? But the thing about it is, is I think as attractive as she is, she's never the the, the punchline. I think that oftentimes it's made to show how... Easily intoxicated men are by a hot woman. You know what I mean? I think that yes. even that in itself is a commentary about men more than it is about, like, look at this hot babe. It's more like, right. oh yeah, fucking dudes will do anything for a hot babe. Like, it's more made to make fun of men. Men. Yeah, yeah. more than anything. And you see that in Blazing Saddles as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Does that make sense? And, uh, yeah, 100%. And like, Madeline Kahn is kind of like, what I love about Madeline Kahn is that she's sexy as fuck, mm-hmm. but like she puts, she puts the funny ahead of everything. Yeah. So like it, it took me a while because as a kid, I grew up so much with Madeline Kahn. It took me a while to realize like, oh, I'm attracted to her like way into her Yeah. Like yeah. in a different way than it is like, oh, she, that, that's a pretty model. It's like, oh, she's gorgeous and she's hilarious.
0: Yeah. And smart as hell.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I love the way that, like, Mel Brooks got that and plays her that way. Yeah, it's like, I never feel like the never... women are
0: exploited in this.
1: Exactly. she She's never, like, she's never like the bud of the joke. She's always right. the one making the joke.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel that way about this, and, and I think that's part of why these movies... In my opinion, are are aging well. I mean, it's just like what we said about the the racial humor in Blazing Saddles and stuff. It's not made to be exploitive of black people. It's to show how dumb white people are. Like, right, using exactly. the hotness of these women isn't made to exploit hot women. It's, it's made, made to, to show, show how dumb how men dumb can men be on. made
1: by just seeing a hot woman. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like they see boobs. It's just like oh, like fucking system shuts down. Like, right. I feel like it's always a little bit subversive in that way and never exploitive yeah of anybody you know right
1: yeah and I'd, I'd love you know if anybody has the alternative opinion on this and, and wants to try to explain why mel brooks uh, doesn't hold up please send us all your messages yeah, let us and know. Things. I'd, I'd love to see like if there is uh, an alternative opinion because from what i'm gathering from just knowing how many people i know who love these movies and still love these movies and i know these people pick out problems in movies and still watching mel brooks love these movies i just think they hold up i think he his humor really works in a way that is kind of timeless yeah even though some of his movies exist very well as we said in uh, uh robin hood <laughs> men in tights very much in the 1990s it the humor still works
0: oh yeah and i think even some of that comes from that that vaudeville influence which was also influencing yeah. looney tunes and a lot of the other things right? that we grew up with as kids too so i think a lot of times with these movies you watch them and you're like it's almost like live action bugs bunny because exactly. there's all the breaking of the fourth wall there's so all the slapstick it, stuff yeah. and <laughs> i feel like there's similar enough influences to what we grew up with that keep these movies relevant and hilarious to us uh, i do yeah. wonder what it would be like to you know be a uh 14 year old watching this movie now for the first time you know i don't know if it's relevant i don't know if it still hits anymore but i know for me it does
1: yeah I, i i think that some of the some of the references are just beyond zoomers probably because like we i think people of a certain generation were introduced to so many like because we were shown so many say looney tunes cartoons that some of them were from the 30s and we were watching them in the 80s and 90s it was like all of those references hit with us even though we didn't know what they were referencing right yeah yeah so that that's I'm I'm wondering if you grew up with with Brooks, even if you don't know the references, is it like I get the reference because of Mel Brooks?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it's just like a lot of people hear, you know, classical music and they're like, oh, that's that Bugs Bunny song.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, because Bugs Bunny introduced us to so much great music
0: yeah yeah and disney fantasia and all that yeah, kind of stuff too all as that well good stuff. Uh-huh. yeah but like you know it from what you know it from not necessarily the source mm-hmm. material where it originated but what does it from, matter right? you
1: appreciate it for what it is
0: either way yeah it yeah. brought it into your life so either way it's a win right
1: yeah and I, th- I think mel brooks exists in that that territory where i would bet that if you showed mel brooks movies to to younger kids today they'd get because the jokes don't rely so much on absolute knowledge of the things they're referencing
0: right yeah stands on its own i think so too now like i said this is one of those movies that if you hang around our household for more than maybe five or six hours you will probably hear a quote from this movie Uh, (laughs) so many great quotes we use lines from this all the time In daily life, kind of to the point where I forget that that's where they came from. I mentioned that on something else recently where I was like, I forget that I say that line because of this movie. Uh, There's just so many fucking things in here, man. And it's from everybody. It's not like there's just like one character that has all the funny lines. Like, you can point out anyone in this and they have hysterical shit the whole movie like Even i love that ba- this yeah. is very much an ensemble thing and not just one person yeah got handed all the funny lines if anything gene wilder probably has the least amount of funny lines
1: yeah he's he's more of an exposition machine he's more of the straight man carrying the whole story where mm-hmm. everybody else gets to make the jokes which is like surprising for a, a hilarious comedic actor to write himself the part of the straight
0: man yeah and give everybody else the overly funny lines and stuff, right?
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, I love to see that. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to be the straight man. As I said before, it's hard to not crack up. It's hard when you are funny to not be funny. Yeah. To just like let others be the, the focal point. And, uh, he does it so very well in this. I mean, he still has great lines like the, uh, (laughs) whenever he's like, I'll take this with quiet dignity. I don't want to live.
0: (laughs) I do not want to live. It's It's just genius. Destiny, destiny, no escaping escaping that for me. me. Oh, my God, man. (laughs) So fucking yeah, funny. Great. Marty Marty Feldman has so many Ugh. good parts of this, too. Yeah, Even Marty like, Feldman is so dude, funny. Like, what a lot of people don't realize is, like, walk this way, when he's like, walk this way. And then he, like, hands him the can, like No, 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 walk this walk way. Walk this way. Yeah, exactly. Like, Aerosmith. That's why that song exists. It's because of this fucking movie. Yep. Marty bug-eyed Feldman. Yeah, inspired he one had of the greatest like class a thyroid songs all the
1: time. conditioner or something. Made his eyes bug out. And he, he said... You know i could get my eyes corrected or whatever and then just be like every other actor and go out for a part on kojak every few months or i could look unique and use it for humor so that's what he did like he, he he saw that actually this is funny and i can use this and so like i even look at moments where like they do the freeze frame on his face and it's like somebody could say like oh they're making fun of him and it's like i bet marty feldman
0: asked for that yeah. Again, it doesn't feel exploitive to me. Exactly. Like, oh my god, he has so much fucking funny shit. Yes. In this one, Abby, Abby, something, Abby, normal. <laughs> Again, like I say that shit all the time, man. Dude, one, I understand. one of the one Why are you shouting? <laughs> one of the funniest lines of what he's like. Help me with these bags. And he's like all right you take the blonde i'll take the one in the toyman.
1: <laughs> like, dude like i say
0: this shit when, constantly
1: when he's flirting with madeline Kahn, he's like Shh. What, what does he say he says like act normal that's what he says whenever <laughs> um, uh frankenstein frankenstein comes walking over froderick yeah um, froderick <laughs> Igor, Frodrik. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not Igor. It it's full Of hilarious like lines and moments and just like both of us were saying before before we started recording. Like I don't have many notes. I just wrote down a lot of quotes. Yeah, like, seriously. There's not much to say except like God. It's really fucking funny. It does a great job of paying homage to the the stuff that it it's paying homage to. It does a great job of spoofing those things. And it does a great job of just being funny on its own.
0: Yeah. Absolutely so, man. And you know, like my nitpicks would be that I, I do think the third act kinda drags a little bit. Like yeah, it, it's it a is slip. just kind of like yeah, like a bunch of little vignettes all kind of strewn together and stuff. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, like when I read through my notes, even in that third act where I feel like things kinda drag a little bit, it's still just nothing but quotes of hilarious shit that happens in those scenes. Like there's still hilarious stuff happening when I feel yeah. like the movie is dragging. So it's like, is mm-hmm. it dragging exactly? I don't know. Like ultimately <laughs> at the end of the day, like that was the thing that was the, the most ready to say about this is like, yeah, it could have been shorter, but then mm-hmm. at the same could've time, been. I'm not mad about all the extra stuff that doesn't affect the story that's in this yeah. movie because ultimately it's hilarious and quotable and is just part of my lexicon. So I'm like,
1: and it's not even like, it's not like it's two hours, It's an hour 40. So you know, it's not overly long. It's just it does. I agree with you. It does feel like it drags, but it's also like, well, there's so much funny stuff happening. Like, an almost like by the time you get there, you're overloaded with funny. Like it's been too much. Your, your brain's Maybe. just like, okay, too much. I got like shut a, off for a, a, d- bit.
0: a dessert buffet where you're like, okay, oh, right. yeah, I'm just sugared <laughs> out by this point, just right? Too much, yeah. But the funny thing is, is like, there's still stuff in this movie that. Well, you know again, possibly because I usually watch this while you know elbow deep in a pumpkin um <laughs> that I'm still noticing new things in it where like at the very end of the movie, whenever they're uh, they're trying to play the music up at the top of the castle to lure uh Peter Boyle back, uh-huh, and uh Marty Feldman <laughs> that like French horn he's like jamming on. <laughs>
1: i didn't, I didn't so notice stupid. that
0: what yeah he's also <laughs> playing the stupid and funny <laughs> the piano during the putting on the ritz scene too there's like uh-huh. one shot of him it's barely there but he's playing piano too huh. um i don't know there's just like all kinds of little things that went by that i was like i don't think i ever noticed that before
1: yeah i mean i did feel i watched it three times leading up to this i did feel even after my third watch like i miss so much yeah like there's it's just like there's maybe in that maybe that is it is it's like sensory overload there's just too much of it it's just so funny you can't like ever get a moment of reprieve so by the third act you're just like whatever <laughs> yeah yeah like, just i get what's happening is funny i don't i don't have any laughs left I'm it's sorry. fucking
0: hilarious i get yeah, yeah you're out of laughs you've used up your laugh quota for the day right <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Kahn showing up with that Bride of Frankenstein here too is just ah, yes so awesome. fucking funny man dude Madeline Kahn dude I, I just want to talk about her for just a second because she seriously Please. is
1: I, I'd say one of the funniest people
0: in history one of the funniest fucking comedians in history she is mm-hmm. absolutely hysterical all that shit man were mm-hmm. like like I so said, where she's like, uh, uh, like the whole like taffeta darling thing, which is like, oh, the hair, <laughs> not the nails. Like, <laughs> her her fiance I, can't even touch her because yeah. she's so done up and worked up that uh-huh. you can't even look at her. Basically, it's so funny, man.
1: Yeah, no, I I love everything she. I like just I just think of the ro- like you know Blazing Saddles for instance, Clue. Like she is genius. Yes, she is absolutely genius. And to just have access to her as readily as Mel Brooks did like just that's awesome. Glad that we got so much of her just being hilarious.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Do you have any other uh, nitpicks you want to point out about the movie? Uh, I mean, nothing
1: big, honestly. I mean, I I just think that, uh, you know, every, everything that happens in it is funny. So I understand the justification for keeping it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. just as we said, though it's it's just a little too long, but uh, th- these are, that is just a tiny little nitpick where I I don't really see any other problems with the film. It's supposed to be absurdly funny, and it does that. Yeah, the, like, yeah. It, it it nails what it sets out to do, and that's exactly what you want it to be when you're thinking of a Mel Brooks movie. So I love it.
0: Yeah, me too, man. You got anything else you want to point out before we rate this thing and head on off into the dark, deep night?
1: Mm, No, let's head into the dark, deep
0: night, Let's go ahead and do that. It's as dark as the inside of a dog out there. (laughs) Give him a set of give. (laughs) Oh, my God, man. Yeah, for me, dude, this is one of those ones that, like, I realize again I'm totally looking at it with the warm and fuzzies on, Um, is it the funniest thing he ever did? No. Is it kind of long? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, this is still just a fucking treasure of a movie. I I can't give it anything less than a nine. And that's honestly just because blazing saddles is a 10 to me. Blazing saddles might be a fucking 11 for me.
1: It might be. Yeah. It might be all the way up there. Uh, yeah. If I'd never seen
0: blazing saddles, this would probably be a 10, you know?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I'd say nine, nine and a half. It's right there. Um, I mean, you just look at small things like the way Peter Boyle's like thumb is on fire, and he just looks at it and nods. Yeah, <laughs> and then freaks
0: out. Like, dude, Peter like, Boyle. I don't think, think we talked him up enough in this. He we is didn't. He's hysterical. He's
1: yeah, we did that uh, X Files episode that he was in that he won an oh, Emmy for. Man, and he that is was just an amazing actor. He's so oh, good. Yeah,
0: yeah, he is great and very, very flexible too. Like he can really play yeah. a lot of different types of roles and uh yeah yeah, he's one of those guys that does kind of just disappear into roles a lot of times but i think a lot of people just know him as like you know whatever everybody loves raymond like that's what a lot of people think of him as but yeah man he was so fantastic it's also crazy how many people in this are dead (laughs) right i mean it's not that crazy when it what how old
1: is this movie almost 50 years yeah okay fair
0: enough yeah
1: Yeah, it's not it's not too crazy to think a few people would die in fifty years, but yeah, it is it is insane. Like I actually thought about that while watching Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. I was like, everybody involved with this is dead, right? Yeah, that is so wild
0: to think about. Like for real, right? Wow. Yeah, I mean, how are they in our TVs putting Where, on these performances? Like if they're dead, how are they there? Huh? How are they doing it? I never Explain really had that understood one. that. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, science. Yeah, science has no explanation for how the people in the TV are still there. Nope, I've not heard one answer yet. So, it's a treasure. Watch this one. I know that I will watch it every year. I mean, actually, the fact that we didn't watch it this past Halloween is an absolute anomaly. Uh, yeah. We actually didn't even carve jack-o'-lanterns this Halloween either. Maybe just because this whole you know year has just been fucked and kind of absent of of holidays, more or less. Since we've not been able to get together and do anything. But we didn't carve pumpkins this year, and we didn't watch Young Frankenstein, which just felt really, really odd. Uh, but I'm glad that I still had an excuse to to watch it again for the show. And I know that this October, I will be watching it as I hack up a gourd, drink oh, some spice take that, rum you and cider. Gourd. And have myself a good time. because we know that alcohol and sharp, sharp knives always work well together.
1: (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. And also, we should add happy birthday to my wife who picked this movie from the movie submissions. Happy
0: birthday.
1: She likes the show for some reason. Oh, my God. She comes home and hears me talk and then wants to do that on her free time.
0: I heard a rumor. Okay. And this this might just seem like gossip talk right here. Okay, so don't take my word for it, but I've heard people are saying, right? That's what we say. People are saying. Let's hear it. She's such a big fan of the show. She fucks one of the hosts. She does, dude. I've heard. She
1: absolutely does. It is like, what? She's just like down to do it too. Like, yes, please. Jeez. She even
0: says they're married, I guess. Whoa. I mean, yeah. I know we have fans, but that's a new level of fandom right now. Right? Super fan. <laughs> super fan. Such a fan. Fucks one of the hosts. And that's if how you, you know. want
1: to be a super fan like <laughs> her, you can marry me, too. <laughs> <laughs> on Patreon.com. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. The twenty five thousand dollar tier is the Mary Stephen. Uh, uh-huh. tier. That's right. And, but other than that, though, one to five dollars, whatever you get access to our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. If you're a $5 patron, you get to submit a movie. And once a month, we randomly draw from the smoking bowl and review that movie. This entire month, we've been reviewing fan submissions. So uh, just head on over there, become a fan. You can steer this ship.
0: That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. You're doggone right. That's why the show's been so good this month. We've been playing the cards of what you guys want to see here Mm -hmm. on the show. So thank you guys so much for contributing and supporting us. And uh, we'd like to see more of you. And we'd also like to see more reviews popping up on the iTunes. Not just Mr., ooh, this show's good, but... I don't really understand why they can't just give me a rating of the movie and then leave. They have to talk and hang out. I wish,
1: like, could they just give me the Wikipedia synopsis of the film and then tell me what they thought of it, Mm, please? That's Mm, why I
0: listen to podcasts. Oh, yeah. That's why I do that rather than just read reviews. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Isn't it weird? Like, you're just like, how do some people use podcasts? I don't. i yeah i don't get it it's
1: a time waster it's the fucking workout it's i mean yeah absolutely though there are podcasts i go to for information like you know uh karina longworth's podcast great Uh, but predominantly i just want to waste some time i want to hear jason manzoukas uh talk about how he's allergic to eggs or whatever
0: but yeah go in there rate and review and stuff we would appreciate it really does help us out a ton and uh, next week on the show, we're going to be drawn from that smoking bowl. Steve, how are they going to find out what movie we're doing next week? Well, you can head on over to the YouTubes and watch the video that I've you gotta posted. You got to go or, there. Uh, also
1: I'll have it on the social media, though that'll be a shortened version of the drawing. Uh, if you really want to see me, I don't know, uh, uh, ADD out, uh, <laughs> do some bad impressions or mm-hmm. whatever. Of course you do. that
0: vidja. Yeah, you want that thing big, long, and uncut. You want to see the That's full right. thing. So head on over to our YouTube channel. We we have a URL, right?
1: No, yeah. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash dead and lovely, yeah.
0: Yeah, so go over there and watch Steve's video for the Patreon drawing and find out what movie we're going to do next. Uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be a good old time. Uh good time to sit down and smash a cold beer and have a chin wag and catch up. So be sure to tune in next week for that one. Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope everyone out there is staying well. If you can get that fucking vaccine wherever you're at, do it. Oh yeah,
1: head out and get it. I if I could get it right now, I'd get it. Like Yeah. Absolutely. If you have the op- if you're a healthcare worker or I believe senior citizens are now available to to get it. Fucking go get it. Don't, oh yeah. They need to fix this vaccine rollout cuz currently we won't be all vaccinated for a decade so oh, it's gonna be a while yeah 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 so fucking god damn it what the sh- joe biden stop being useless i'm not president yet well you are by the time i release this so that's right
0: mm-hmm so that you better shit, be man. doing it old man <laughs> old man but yeah definitely go out and get that thing uh and and also too if you're still kind of on the fence or you're skeptical skeptical about getting the the vaccine or anything like that you have fears and concerns about how quickly it was rolled out there's actually a really fantastic video over on the Try Guys channel that they rolled out a week or two oh, ago yeah. where they did a Zoom call with Dr. Fauci and oh, okay. they awesome. asked him like the internet's most asked questions about the vaccine including like oh how would you get it done so fast and blah 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 it's like well you realize computers have advanced like kind of a lot since yeah, say the SARS Yeah it's a way breakout. different
1: thing than just a few people with some test tubes and whatnot yeah, it's
0: not so much that like trial and error like maybe this will right. work nope it didn't it's like no when you can map yeah. out the we fucking can run genome run through
1: the computer program and run eight million tests yeah and figure it out pretty pretty quickly
0: well and also too part of how it got by so quickly is because there's so fucking many infected people right now yeah that they were able to do a much faster amount of testing and stuff it makes sense if you just think about it
1: yep it's it's no surprise so i mean if you're worried my wife only grew a third boob like and
0: that's awesome are you kidding that's all yeah we were
1: like great third boob everybody loves that
0: uh-huh i mean i've seen total recall love it <laughs> huge fan well i guess it kind of depends though where is the boob because if it's on like a knee that's kind of oh, awkward oh
1: well she gets, it's on her back
0: Back boob, nice. Back boob is
1: great. <laughs> this, is, this has been the most sexual episode of uh, this podcast until in a next while. week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have to tune in then. To find out mm-hmm. exactly why it's going to get so steamy up in this piece. Ooh. Rawr. Rawr. But yeah, everybody take care of yourselves. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay wise And stay tuned in. Wealthy. (laughs) Yeah, right? Don't lose your money. (laughs) Yeah, all right. (laughs) And stay tuned in to the greatest horror movie review podcast in this multiverse and the next. Dead and lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. See y'all later. Bye.
1: So, Ben, Google has... They've, they've really honed in on me on okay. YouTube. Yeah? The other day, I got an ad for period sex. <laughs> the, the algorithm has you figured out, Steve. They have me figured out because... I guess it's because I was listening to a mix of Megan The Stallion and Fleetwood Mac... <laughs> that they were like okay yeah this guy fucks and he does not care if the lady's on her period he's he's just gonna go for it no
0: stopping this guy
1: yeah i don't even know what the ad was for i sat for 45 seconds watching it and i was like man like i really did feel seen and then i was like wait i'm watching an ad what the fuck and i just skipped it and then i was like wait what was that for (laughs) and it's never come back so i have no idea what the ad was for other than just period sex like do it
0: but dude you know that algorithm was so excited for you and it was like i've got just the thing to show this guy i know exactly i love it wait he skipped the ad he just skipped it.
1: what the fuck
0: that that algorithm's like kicking dirt clods and just really having a sad day now i think this guy he doesn't even know what he likes i'll tell you what though we really do got to start treating that algorithm with some some respect because once that thing goes online and it goes sentient and it goes total skynet it's got to remember all those ads that we skipped
1: it is to be like what the
0: fuck man i thought i knew you bro